This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden, Congressman Garrett Gray, Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark, Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Welcome to episode 193 of the Clay Young Show, right here on Podcast. 225.com. Hopefully you're doing well wherever you are and whenever you are listening. Got kind of an update show for you today. I was having a conversation here in Baton Rouge about the city of St. George. And for those of you not in on that or who are listening from other parts of the country, it is a move to incorporate an unincorporated portion of East Baton Rouge Parish. Parish, of course, is what we call the counties here in Louisiana. And I had a conversation with Drew Morell, who is an attorney and one of the strategists behind this and, and one of the spokespersons as well. We talked about it, I think, last fall. And I wanted to get him back to give an update on what's going on. Drew is a smart, passionate guy. And as you can imagine, he's all in on this incorporation. That, of course, is the 100% opposite position of people on the inside of Baton Rouge city government and some people who live in the city who see the incorporation of St. George as a bad idea and something that will cause some discomfort and up to the degree of others, much discomfort. That's their opinion about this St. George incorporation. And we'll get Drew's perspective and get an update on where everything is in just a second. As you know here, for those of you who've been listening for a long time, I don't tell you what to think. I'll let you make up your own minds. I like to do that myself, and I respect you enough to let you do it. But we will hear from people who I don't tell how to express themselves. And, you know, Drew, for the record, is someone I've known for a very long time. He's a friend of mine, and, you know, he's, he's passionate about his position. We've had people on from the opposition, from Together Baton Rouge, you know, people from the, the chamber, the regional chamber, and of course, city government who have offered their opposition to this and they say what they think. And just like you're going to hear Drew do today, he's going to get to get it all out there. And we'll, we'll talk, I'll ask him about where everything is. We'll talk a bit about, you know, the, the claim that this, if this happens, it is going to happen, A, at a deficit, and B, it's going to be a detriment to the city of Baton Rouge. I'll ask him about that and other things. Also, just want to drop this. I want you to put this on your calendar for those of you who have attended before. Our fundraiser benefiting organizations that support military veterans and their families. Smoke them if you got them. Got a date for you. It is Sunday, May 19th. Sunday, May 19th at, of course, Ben 77 here in Baton Rouge. And man, if you haven't been by Ben for a while you need to go by and see that courtyard it is nice it was already the nicest in town in my opinion and as emerald legacy would say they've kicked it up a notch and it is super beautiful over there now so go by and check it out but put that date in your calendar and we've got a twist to this year's event it's the sixth one and we're doing something a little bit different this year and it's a good different it's going to allow us to impact 
even more families of veterans and veterans and first responders as a whole. So put that down in your calendar. All right, let's talk about St. George. We will do that with Drew Morell next. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodri, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your hosts for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107 mobile app. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. with Drew Morell, who is an attorney and one of the architects behind what's happening with the city of St. George. And we haven't talked about this, I guess, in, in a few months. Drew was on sometime late last year to talk about what's happening with the effort. And I wanted to give you all an update on that. So Drew's back. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Clay? Pretty good. Pretty good. So let's let's jump right in. Where are you and where is the group in, in the process with this incorporation? Well, like we talked about uh, in the fall of last year, we turned in uh, 14,500 signatures uh, to the Registrar of Voters office. And the Registrar of Voters is, in, is going through their, their validation process. They started, we, our understanding is early January. They look to conclude uh, the end of this month or some point uh, early March, they'll conclude with their validation process. And at that point, they'll report back to us, you have enough signatures or you don't have enough signatures, which will kickstart a 60-day extension to which we can get the required signatures at that point. So you, you said you, you turned in over 14,000. The required number is over is just over 12, correct? It's 12,991. So just under 13. Uh, is what we needed. So okay. we, we are 1,500 plus in excess of what we needed. Now they're going through those right now just to, uh, to confirm them and, and authenticate everything. Do you believe that you, you're going to have a big number of those bounce off the list? Or, or are you pretty confident that not, upwards of 90% of, of what you turned in will be kept on the list? Oh, I have no doubt we'll be over 90%. It, it, the validation process on our end this time around, uh, I wasn't involved the first time around, but my understanding, uh, the validation process this time, it went through three three sets of eyes before we would determine it's valid. Uh, we checked the addresses to make sure they were the addresses for the voter that the voter had on record. We verified that the witnesses witnessed the signature. We verified that that, that was the signature of the person uh, that signed it. So at this point, we have to be extremely confident that we're going to have well in excess of what was, what's required. And when when this process is over, when the signatures are, are authenticated, and if, in fact, there are enough names on the petition to move this forward, talk us through where the process goes then. So Registrar of Voters notifies us that we have the required amount of signatures. At that juncture, 
he will turn over that information to the governor, and the governor will have a certification process, um, which is really not defined uh, as far as what that entails, but typically it would be, yes, the registrar of voters has determined these signatures are validated, and I see nothing wrong in the process. These signatures are validated, and at that point, we'll be moved. We'll, we'll find a ballot. We'll be placed on a ballot. When do you expect that to be? Let's let's. Well, I mean, that's kind of a tough question to even ask you, but let's just it say the, the overall timeline. Do you believe that this will get to a ballot in in two years or under? I would I, two different ways to look at it. So, if the process goes smoothly and uh, the city of Baton Rouge has determined they're not going to spend taxpayer dollars to to, to voter suppress. Uh, to, to deny our right to vote. They're just going to let us go through the process and do it. We could be on November's ballot for this year. Wow. Uh, or, you know, whatever ballot is after the May ballot. You know, there could be a special election called just for us. Uh, so we, there's possibility we, we could vote on this and St. George could be a reality by 2019 if the city doesn't engage in needless and frivolous litigation. And what happens once it goes to the ballot? And because this will be something that's voted on, you know, within the incorporated area that would be the new city, correct? That is correct. Only those in the uh, proposed St. George area will be voting on this issue. And you know, I think the smart money is on this passing if, if if that does happen. So let's say it does. Let's say whenever it happens, it happens, it passes. What's going to be the first few steps in the uh, in this new city? St. George is created. The vote is successful, which it will be. The governor's office will appoint an interim mayor and city council, at which point uh, the transition government will begin, and they'll set an election at some point after that to elect the first officially elected mayor and city council. Uh, and also during that period of time, we'll be transitioning the tax revenue over to the city of St. George, which happens by legislation. Unfortunately, when you say go, you have a city. That doesn't mean go, you have a city, you have a school district, you have all the tax revenue. There's additional legislation uh, that has to take place to, to make those things a reality. But once you have the city, the rest of it is more of a formality than it is a, a legislative hurdle. One of the we we were talking uh, before we started recording here about a recent piece in the Baton Rouge Advocate by Terry Jones that talked about St. George and it gave perspective uh, from a number of people, including Russell Starnes, who's a businessman in Central. Do you know Russell? I do not personally know Russell. I I know uh, I know Russell and. And then, of course, people from the Together Baton Rouge group who are who have been steadfastly against St. George. And I think you got uh, about four words in that and that story as well. Uh, Par for the course. Par for the course. uh, And the argument has always been that if St. George happens, it is going to create an economic nightmare for the city of Baton Rouge. And well, this is the, and this is the humor of that argument is they'll tell you both sides of that story. They, whichever audience they're talking to, they'll tell you that St. George is going to bankrupt Baton Rouge if it passes. And then they'll turn right around and tell another audience St. George doesn't have enough money to operate. They're going to have to raise taxes. I would like the opposition to pick an argument and stick with it because you can't do both. We're not going to bankrupt the city and then not have enough money to operate. If we didn't have enough money to operate then the city must be bankrolling the area already. Let us go. 
And if we're going to bankrupt Baton Rouge, why don't you tell everybody why you think that's actually going to happen? Because you're spending all of our tax dollars in St. George on other things throughout the rest of the parish that we get no benefit of. When when the when the lines were redrawn for St. George, and we talked about this the, the last time you were on the show, mm-hmm. that that some areas were cut out. And back then, I remembered you saying, "Well, look, we looked at areas that said they didn't, they either didn't want to be a part of this, uh, of 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 being a part of the city, or they were aggressively against you know us doing this, and so they were cut out." Since then, have you had areas ask to be put in? Yes, we've had a combination of unincorporated areas asking about how to annex into St. George once St. George is a reality. Uh, we get a lot of that, a lot of subdivisions, a lot of areas that either they weren't contiguous to us when we redrew the lines or uh, their precinct had overwhelmingly said we did not want to be a part of St. George and we, we acquiesced to their wishes, but they are, they are reaching out and trying to find out how to annex into St. George. Even funnier than that is the areas that are in Baton Rouge actually Baton Rouge City, uh, that are trying, that would love to annex into St. George if we're reality. We get phone calls from them as well. And what's what's the rationale behind them saying, hey, add us to St. George? Well, you can, you can see the writing on the wall for the city of Baton Rouge. When you have a $927 million budget and you think that's a good thing, and yet you're continuously raising taxes, you now have a sales tax that's one of the top five highest sales taxes in the country in the same category as Chicago, when J.P. Morgan says you're the fifth most over-leveraged city in the country and you're, not, and you're the fifth most underfunded city in the country, which means you're not paying enough towards your debt, I mean, you see a cliff. It's coming. And Baton Rouge is just like a, like a, a lemming, just steadily running towards the edge of that cliff, doing nothing about their pension debt, doing nothing about uh, better government, better stewards of the tax dollars. They just keep on spending, keep on wasting money. And they just think that we're just going to keep going along with it. And unfortunately, St. George has said no. What is the argument or the analysis behind the fact that when St. George happens, it is going to be a city that will have money. They won't have to uh, be a tax item on the ballot to charge the citizens just as the city is incorporated. Well, I'll make it very clear. St. George has no intention of raising taxes because our business model doesn't require it. The the benchmarking we've done with Sandy Springs, Georgia, they've had the same budget for a decade. They only raised their budget this year. Why? Because they had a $50 million surplus over that decade. That's better government. We don't need to be spending more than we've got, and we don't have to in St. George. We can privatize where it makes sense, public-private partnerships to, to, to gain services. I heard Mayor Broom at my own HOA meeting the other day saying St. George would cut services if it happens. And she cited DPW as a service we're going to cut. Well, I can tell you she is incorrect. It's not going to, we're not going to cut DPW. We are going to cut the pension liability that comes with DPW. Why wouldn't we go out and have a private partnership by contract where we can provide the services that we need when we need them in St. George, save money doing it, and in the future not have to incur all that pension liability that comes with having this bloated form of government the the argument obviously has been it's been interesting to watch how this discussion has evolved over the years that that it's being had and it's changed a lot i think a lot of the heat that was 
so central to this discussion has died down a lot, Drew. Why do you think that is? I think a few years ago, the argument was, why don't y'all try to work together? Haven't you tried to work in the system? Why don't you make it change in the system? And then in three years during between the first and the second incorporation effort, what they've seen is a more divisive government. I mean, hey, I don't have to tell you how poorly uh, Baton Rouge government functions. You can watch the Metro Council every time they meet. You can watch the mayor hire a guy in her first week on the job that was grossly unqualified for the job. You can watch as we place tax initiative after tax initiative on the ballot. You know, Baton Rouge has placed, I believe it's 20 tax initiatives on the past 18 ballots. So when they argue we're going to raise your taxes, well, look who is talking. The people that continuously raise your taxes. So what they've seen in the past three years, and I mean the citizens of East Baton Rouge Parish, is you can't work with that government when they're willing to call each other names, when you have a council member who's willing to talk about uh, a, a, the paralyzed son of another council member because she didn't like how an argument was going. When you see how divisive they are continuously at, at the, the metro council level and in City Hall, I think everybody realizes now there is no working with this, this city government. If St. George is the way forward. One of the when, – when this entire discussion started, it's it, – it, a major factor was what was happening with schools. And obviously that is still an ongoing discussion. You know, what, what's going to happen with schools here in the parish? Let's talk about the, the education reality in St. George after the fact. Okay. Um, I always tell people when they're, when they're against St. George and they cite education as one of the reasons, uh, you know, I've got to be concerned about their well-being that they think a school system that's ranked 58th in a state that's ranked dead last in America, that that's an education system you're proud of and you want to maintain. Uh, I think there's a, a bunch of different ways to move forward educationally that the citizens of St. George will have to look at, including dismantling the magnet program in St. George. Uh, I think you look at uh, East Baton Rouge spends more per student than just about every parish in the state, yet we still rank 58th. So money's not the problem. It, it's the solutions that are the problem. And we can, as a smaller school district, as, as an independent school district type model, we can look at solutions for our school, for our area, and now you have a community involved. Because now the school in my neighborhood is the school my kids can go to. So now all of a sudden I'm invested in my school that's in my community. Now all of a sudden my business and businesses in the area of St. George can be invested in their school system, in their community school system. That's something that hasn't existed before because all the schools are in North Baton Rouge. We have very few schools in the southeast area. Well, that's true because out out on in the Gardier area and, and there, there are big – well, that but that's not going to be a part of the, the new city once all that happens, no. though, right? So then what – No, it, it's not. So then how many schools do you think or, or do you believe, based upon whatever analysis you've done – will be within the city limits of St. George. Uh, in St. George, there's one high school, Woodlawn, I believe, and I, it, it's on stgeorgelouisiana.com. Off the top of my head, I believe there's six middle school, junior highs, and roughly six to eight elementary schools. I, which we also found out, and this is an East Baton Rouge Parish School Board study, they commissioned this study, is that their school system lost 3,000 students from 2010 to 2015. And they anticipate closing five schools by 2025. So 
for people who think that we're going to cripple the school system or that we're going to have a problem because there's going to be too many students in our school system, EBR Parish School Board study seems to indicate otherwise that all the students are already gone. They're already leaving. Where are they going, I wonder? Livingston, Central, Zachary, Ascension, whatever they're doing, they're leaving East Baton Rouge Parish as fast as they can. It's going to be interesting the next the next 10 months because, as you say, a lot is going to be determined before we even get to the fall period. Now, as I understand it, the governor has said he, he wasn't going to get in the middle of the, the back and forth over this. Is that your understanding as well? Uh, you know, not having any discussions with the governor, I wouldn't see a benefit for him on any level getting involved in local politics, in particular something that sounds a lot like voter suppression if you're going to if you're going to litigate against the citizens of st george and deny us the right to vote what politician wants to be the one that supports voter suppression well it doesn't seem like a good recipe for re-election to no, me certainly not in in an election year and uh we referenced jones's story in the advocate uh, a little bit ago and there is uh it, there's a person in there emmy carmier do you do you know carmier I mean, I know who she is. I know she's uh, somebody who likes to throw out a lot of rhetoric and a lot of randomness, uh, numbers, and and mythical figures. But you know what I do know is she never backs it up or cites it. She never supports her her research. She just throws things out there and just lets it sit there. And unfortunately, um, the advocate uh, is one that just likes to print whatever she tells them. They don't ever look it up. They don't ever source her information. If they did, they just find out she's wrong just about every single time she opens her mouth. Uh, so I take it you didn't send Emmy a Valentine's card. Okay. Uh, no, du- she's, not on my, she's not on my Christmas card list. <laughs> du- duly noted. Uh, and and f- finally here for people, you know, talking about what's going on, crime in Baton Rouge obviously has been a big part of the discussion about the region. Last year, thankfully, was lower in number than the year before and it it as we start this year knock on wood it's been not as crazy but you know we're only in february let's talk about that aspect of this the crime aspect well it's a serious concern i think there was a drive-by shooting in town center a few months ago there was a drive-by shooting and a murder in sherwood forest a few weeks ago yeah uh, it's a huge concern. Um, anything we can do to reduce crime and, and come up with some better solutions benefits the parish as a whole. Uh, you know, what, what doesn't benefit the parish is everybody leaving it. And if you look at demographic research over the past, well, decade at least, you can see that the only places in EBR parishes are growing is Central and Zachary. Baker and Baton Rouge are losing population. And when you lose population, what's left? the people who didn't get out, crime. We need people to come home. We need people to come back to East Baton Rouge Parish so we can build the type of parish that we had idealized or at least hope for. And I think that would result in reduced crime. In addition, the, the St. George budget that we've proposed, this is stgeorgelouisiana.com, uh, says we're going to maintain our sheriff's de- department relationship as we always have. The only police presence we have in St. George is the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office. And we've also allocated and earmarked an additional $4 million that can be used by the sheriff to hire deputies strictly for St. George, build a substation, or really something we would partner with the sheriff's office 
to determine the best use of that money. So that and that's a, that brings up a, another point. So there is a substation for the sheriff's office on Airline Highway at Barringer Foreman, the Kleinpeter station. Yeah. Uh, and, and and off the top of my head, Drew, I can't think of any others outside of the one in the Gardier area, but that's not going to be in the city. So what will you do about a, some brick and mortar location or whatever for the sheriff's office if you plan to work with them to expand their presence in that area? And these are discussions that we'll have and have to have and have had preliminarily uh, with the sheriff's office to determine the best use of our tax dollars and that additional $4 million we hope to, to earmark for the sheriff's office. Ideally, I'd like to see a new substation. I'm sure the, the sheriff's office and the St. George Fire Department uh, are, are tired of having to cover all the Baton Rouge annexations like the mall and the casino. Um, and they don't have stay because Baton Rouge City Police and the Baton Rouge Fire Department won't go there, even though it is technically the city of Baton Rouge's property. But we'll look at any solution that involves a more increased police presence uh, and, and more locations. Is obviously, when you put a substation somewhere, that equates to uh, a better police presence. They're right in front of you all the time. Is there a plan for a city, a city of St. George Police Department? No, there is not. That's part of our uh, streamlined form of government. We believe the sheriff's office uh, does a phenomenal job with the resources they have, and we think allocating additional resources to the sheriff's office is a, a better solution than trying to piecemeal an all-new police department. Because when you create an all-new police department, you create an all-new pension liability, uh, you're also dividing up resources, whereas we can provide it to the sheriff's office and increase what they already have. No, we would have to have, uh, as per the state constitution, we are required to have a chief of police, and, and that that office would be something that would be a liaison between the city of St. George and the sheriff's office. And and I know that, uh, because I think I saw this some time ago, that there has been, you, you've already had those conversations with Sheriff Gotro about what that would look like, Correct. That's correct. Now, the and, and the the other thing with it is when you talk about the population, and I've seen a bunch of numbers, it's, you know, where it's going to be. What is your specific population number before I get to my the other question about where, oh, where it would be on day one? Uh, day one, I believe it's 86,000 approximately, okay. give Con- or take. A, a few people moving in and out. Yep, that's about what I've seen. So let's just say that's the case and in the – over the course of the first decade of existence, you know, that swells by 10 or 15%. And now you're hovering around or right at that 100,000 number. How does that impact the operation of city government and services, et cetera? Well, I think from a simple standpoint, it would increase revenue. More people, more taxes, more revenue. Sure. Uh, I think from an operational standpoint, I think this is the task for the city of St. George uh, and the mayor and the city council, whoever they are. Uh, I think we've just seen some of this with Central. Uh, Central started with a less infrastructure than we had, and they had a lot of growth in a very short amount of time. Their populations exploded, kind of like the scenario you're pitching. Um, they grew faster than it looks like the population wanted to, and they had pretty much a, a wholesale change of their leadership in the last election. Well, this is exactly why St. George wants to be in control of its fate and its future. And so the citizens of St. George can control that development. If you want to slow development down, you'll elect leadership that will allow you to do so. If you want to develop more, um, you know, my concern would be, since we have some uh, flood-prone area, is to make sure that we have plans and a, a city plan in place 
to map out our future so that as we grow, we can manage that growth and not cause additional damage when we have a natural disaster that could have been averted had we just done a little planning in the beginning. So I think smart growth is part of that and dealing with the operational side. As your city grows, your resources are going to grow, your needs are going to grow. It's about smart growth and managing that, and that's part of having what we want to do is privatize almost every function of our government. So as our city grows, we can additionally contract for for, for private party providers without having to, to incur pension liability and a bloated form of government. You don't have to, to hire an additional thousand city workers just because your population grew. What you can do is contract it out and increase, re- increase those contracts as needed, and you still don't have the pension liability saddled with it for the next 50 years. What do you think the working relationship between the, the city of St. George and the city of Baton Rouge will be after the fact? I think, it's going to, I think in the long run it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great for a couple of reasons. Uh, Baton Rouge is going to have to learn how to manage their government and be accountable to the taxpayers for all that they're spending. You can open a checkbook all day long and show us all the transactions. I'm telling you, you didn't need as many transactions. They're going to have to learn to manage their money, and they're going to have to learn to compete because St. George, Central, and Zachary are going to be excelling in education. We're going to show you how to be stewards of tax dollars by not spending it. We're going to show you what a budget surplus looks like, and we're going to show you how to avoid long-term debt. And if you can't learn those lessons, and I think Baton Rouge is slowly learning some of these lessons based on some of their actions recently. If you can't learn those lessons, then maybe it's time for, for a new election for the city of Baton Rouge. Well, so I think in the long term, the partnership is going to be great because they're going to learn how to compete. They're going to learn how to work together. And we're going to be able to work together and, and, and come up with some different ideas. And some of these are going to work. And when they work, they can be duplicated. And when there's partnerships that make sense, we're going to hold hands with Baton Rouge and and partner up every time it makes more sense for our citizens. The other the other thing that's been tossed out in this whole discussion has been that the current city parish form of government would likely fall and then there would be a parish council so you would in theory have the separate cities of of Baton Rouge and St. George and Baker and Zachary and Central and there would be a parish council similar to what you have say in West Feliciana a parish president and then council uh, or or and then council representatives that cover different sections of the parish if that becomes a reality how does it impact what you're doing would you be pro something like that or against it well, this is a new argument from the opposition trying to scare our voters into thinking that, that deconsolidation is a terrible thing and it's going to ruin the parish. I, I, look, I certainly understand and sympathize with any group of people that feels like they're under or not represented by their government. Absolutely sympathize, because guess what? I'm in the unincorporated area of St. George. <laughs> uh, so I get it. So I definitely understand their, their, their wants and their needs. I hope they understand what we're doing as well. It'd be kind of hard for them to argue against St. George when they're essentially trying to deconsolidate government. But I think if you go in and every area has representation, I, I think you're going to wind up with a better form of government. Uh, I personally have no problem with them deconsolidating government and, and, and having a separate Baton Rouge. If that represents their interest and more adequately reflects what their population's desires are, I think that's great. I do. And as long as they stay out of St. George, as long as they let St. George become a reality, I'm all for it. 
Somehow I knew towards the end that you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, look, I'm not one to deny anyone their rights to vote or their rights to express themselves. Uh, I just hope that the people in Baton Rouge understand the same thing with us. Because one of the things I hear about a lot is, why can't the entire parish vote in the election for St. George? And, And the reality is, you know, they have to look at it from the St. George perspective. I didn't vote in the Katz election. It affects me. Yeah. I don't get to vote for city judges. I don't get to vote. You know, there's a lot of things I don't get to vote for that take place in the city of Baton Rouge that absolutely affect me because when they do their pet projects or they pass additional taxes, they're going to take more St. George money to make up for the things they can no longer pay for. And that's what's happened over time. But we'll just grab the money from the unincorporated area and put it over here. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting back end of the year, and and I'd like to get you and uh, and and Browning and some other people in here to to kind of talk through that. Uh, Broderick Baggert was in here not long after you talked, and and I asked him once about us being able to have a discussion, and I and it's on me. I never circled back to do it, but I think the closer we get to this reality, letting people hear y'all talk at one time, where it's not only in context, it's not in soundbite, and they can hear your complete thoughts. I agree. It's unfortunate that we live in a day and time where I feel compelled, not with you, but with other media, to record and videotape my <laughs> interviews. So later when I come back and I've, it, we've been misquoted or not quoted or, or the worst, not allowed to rebut somebody's accusation, that I have to go play that for somebody. I go, see, this is what really happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we look, I welcome a debate with Mayor Broom any day of the week. Um, you know, Mr. Baggert's no longer part of the picture, uh, right, right. I, and I'm not sure. And I'm not sure what their position is. Uh, they're doing some other stuff that doesn't affect me or or, or isn't my concern. So, uh, you know, until an opposition shows up, and guess what? There's really not one in St. George. That's another myth. The the opposition is the city of Baton Rouge. The opposition comes from the mayor's office. Her campaign manager paid for the last alleged research and study that was done. It's not coming from St. George. We don't have opposition. It's it's interesting, though, because in even looking at the story that was in The Advocate uh, a few days ago, it, it, talking about this, the entire tone around it, though, largely has changed. And I, maybe it's because people have moved on to so many other things, but I just have noticed that a lot of that intensity around this, I'm not going to say it's gone, but it's certainly not turned up to the volume it was just a year and a half ago. Well, we're so thankful that, that our support didn't become apathetic. You know, a lot of times in Baton Rouge, we just get used to the way things are, and that's just how it's always been done. And education's always been terrible. We've always mismanaged money. Oh, here we go again. Uh, that was a big fear, is apathy. Uh, instead, we our support over the years has actually grown and galvanized. If you think about it, the first petition effort was around 19,000 signatures that, that was gathered in about a two- to three-year period, whereas now, in less than seven months, we gathered 14,500. That's a pretty amazing uh, feat for the largest incorporation effort in state history. Why do you think that was? Why, why do you think you were Again, able to get I, I so think many? It goes, yeah. I think it goes back to education is continuing to get worse. Uh, last year's crime was out of control I, mismanagement of, of money and government and continuous. I mean, I don't have to go out and talk about how great St. George is. I just put on a video of the Metro Council meeting and people start calling. 
even if it doesn't affect me, like an airport search. You paid how much to not listen to the recommendation of that committee you, you hired? Yeah. Uh, you know, how are you doing with the parish attorney's office? How's that going? Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you yeah. how do you fill a replacement for an interim a period of time? How's that going? And it, every time you turn on the TV and watch that, it's like, how about Exxon? I, I love, oh, I love, that was a big one, man. I, well, I love how these groups, the mayor's office is my favorite, they will sit there and let all this stuff happen. We will go through and tell you how how great, uh, you know, how, how everything will just go through. The ITEP problem will happen, the Metro Council and the school board, they'll screw it all up. And then after the fact, when nothing can be done about it, we'll have a pep rally. How about you say something before or during? I, I, to me, it's just you're playing both sides of the aisle. I'm going to let it happen because I really think this way. And then afterwards, I'll come out and tell you why I don't like it or why, why it shouldn't have been done that way. But knowing nothing can be done about it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm really you know, hopeful. About- I'm really hopeful there's some resolution that doesn't make Exxon uh, recoil in the way that they seem to be doing lately because it was it was less than a week after that happened that they announced they were moving this thing to Beaumont and then I have I think in all my time around here I've never seen Exxon be as aggressive in a statement about the economic environment in an area it's talking about I here agree. ever I've never seen and, it do that before if you're a company why do you want to do business with East Baton Rouge Parish you know Exxon I'm not telling you to approve or, or deny an ITEP request that's you look at the facts and do that. What I'm telling you is you better put rules in place that make sense, that don't change, that are consistent, and, and these companies need to come in and rely on it. If, I, if my big uh, Fortune 500 company is going to come into EBR Parish, I don't want to deal with three to five different authorities who have the ability to deny my ITEP request. Yeah, that was a bad I don't idea. Deal with, I don't want to deal with the rules are going to change every year for three years, and we're still not going to know where we are. And I sure as hell don't want my company to become a target of somebody's media campaign to smear me every day in the news and on Facebook. So I'll just go somewhere else. Yeah. And if you haven't noticed, all of our companies have pretty much gone somewhere else. Yeah. It's, it, it was, it was a, a pretty embarrassing time for us. And, you know, I, you know, I talked with Adam Knapp about that, who, by the way, is probably not one of the biggest supporters of what you're doing. But I think you and he oh, agree, you and he worry, agree Adam, on this. <laughs> Let me tell you what's going to happen with Adam Knapp. Uh, come on now. Uh, don't, uh, don't go in uh, on Adam Knapp now. Uh, now I'm going to tell you. Here's what's going to happen with Brack and Adam Knapp. Uh, kudos on that $3.5 million uh, facility they built, which, you know, maybe they should spend more time researching St. George with that money. Easy. Uh, Easy. <laughs> they, 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 they did the same thing to the city of Central, and they were all against it. And then what happens now? They can, they can rave about the city of Central's education to all these companies they're trying to attract in here. It's part of the marketing campaign. So get on board with St. George because that's how you're going to attract business in the future with a top-rated school district near the center of the parish. It's a good steward of tax dollars. It's friendly to business. That's how you're going to attract business. I think, I think you, Adam, and I should have a beer summit. I hear those are very effective. Hey, I'm, I'm always open to beer, fill in the blank. <laughs> Drew, man, thanks for being on. You're fi- you're all fiery today, bro. What's going on? You're just you kind of you're always fiery, but it's you're on level twelve today. What's up? Uh, you know, I just want to make sure that, that that people understand that that all the rhetoric. I get really frustrated uh, by the opposition again spewing out random information, 
and, and no one seems to want to verify it or follow up on it or source it. For example, everything I here I said this in the beginning at the press club. Everything I tell you is going to have a source or a site that you can go fact check and verify me. And I want you, and I encourage you to do that. What I ask in return is that when someone else does something or says something, that you source and fact check their information. And if you do so, more than likely in this scenario, you'll find out that the opposition is more prone to throw out flashy rhetoric than they are to throw out facts. And and I just hope that the media will figure that out. I imagine as they realize this is that we're going to succeed, that, the, that their rhetoric and mindset will change because they change with the wind, and they'll be pro-St. George in the future. They won't have a choice because we're going to be successful. So get on the train now or get run over on the tracks. <laughs> How can people learn more about what, the effort and what you're doing? Always. You can reach us at stgeorgelouisiana.com. We're also on Facebook. There's ways to email and call us, and most likely it'll be me returning your email or phone call. So <laughs> that's fun. And I'm more than happy to talk about uh, misinformation. I know one is uh, property taxes are going to go up. I can guarantee you that St. George will not raise your property taxes. We don't have to. Drew Morrell, as you can tell, he's on his A-game today, man. I appreciate you being on. Right, hey, thanks for having me as always and anytime. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on the Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. told y'all he was passionate tells you what he thinks this is a big issue this city of st george we'll circle back in a few weeks about it listen if you hadn't had a chance i hope you check out the new generations podcast episode two with jeff and kelly laduff their guest on the show is district attorney hiller moore it's actually really good as expected and i learned some things about Hiller listening to those guys have that conversation. I think you're you're really going to enjoy it. Some deep perspective on law enforcement and on some of the challenges that they went through while they were both, they being Jeff as police chief and Hiller as DA were on the job at the same time. Of course, Hiller is still 
the district attorney. It's a good show. Episode two of the Generations podcast here at podcast225.com. Also check out the latest We Be Our podcast and the latest wellness studio production or podcast 225 wellness studio collaboration, the Waiting Room podcast. Check that out right now. It's been fun. You can do your research on your own about this St. George issue. It isn't going away. In fact, I think it's going to become a reality. And so we'll circle back in a few weeks about it and see what's going on. But you know, I'm, I'm intrigued with where everything is now. All right, guys. Have a great one. Hopefully you're enjoying your day wherever you are. When you see a post about the show, whether it is on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, please like and share. If you haven't yet done this, subscribe on iTunes to the show. And that way, anytime we get a new episode popping into there, you'll see it. While you're there, if you don't mind, drop a review about the show, good or bad. I got thick skin. I could take it, but leave us a review there. Positive because, hey, what the hell could you say that's negative, right? Right. You can also subscribe to the shows that I mentioned earlier. And don't forget, Sunday, May 19th, smoke them if you got them, the 2019 edition. Details coming really, really, really soon. You guys have a great one. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.